Previously heard on Good Hope FM. We connect Cape Town to food every Wednesday evening. We call it Let's Eat. And Vicky DeBeer is back in studio with us. It's good to have you here, Vicky. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for inviting me back. Oh, goodness gracious. No, we need to keep this conversation going as far as I'm concerned. If you missed last week's chat, it is up online, goodfm.co.za. You can check out the podcast. Uh, just to recap, we started talking about sugars and whether sugar is is killing us. We, we kind of went around the, is there too much sugar in your diet? We looked at the typical daily diet of an average family. We're looking at processed foods and the hidden sugars and starches and why is starch also considered as a sugar is kind of where we started our conversation last week Uh, this week we sort of moved to a situation of why is sugar making us sick and sort of delve a little bit further into that how is sugar high gluten starch diets making us sick how how does that work i think it sort of um, influences every part of your body Um, in the book we have a little picture of a man running and you literally can take it from the top from your brain right down to your, your gut and your stomach and then the rest of your body with inflammation. So if you start at the top with your brain, um, sicknesses like Alzheimer's and dementia is definitely linked to high insulin levels and high glucose levels. Um, and that's something that I think um, has occurred more and more mm. recently. I don't know if you have the same feeling, but it feels like there's so many people suffering from dementia these days. So also just general concentration. Um, children at school um, and then also a thing they call brain fog I don't know if you maybe feel sometimes that you're just feeling groggy you can't, can't think focus. clearly right that's one of the first things that go when people start cutting sugar and carbohydrates all the start all the white starches I'm referring to now is this brain fog this feeling of sort of um, everything being far away and vague and not being able to concentrate on anything mm-hmm. so I think for the brain sugar and glucose is really very damaging um, then if you look at your heart a lot of heart you know heart disease and blood vessel disease actually is caused not by the old friend that everybody said cholesterol but by the high glucose levels in your in your blood mm. um, and that pushes up the bad cholesterol the LDL that's actually harmful to your heart um, and causes also strokes and things like that um, but the most important thing I re- think I realized was how bad gluten specifically as a, as a trigger um, and sugar is for your gut okay we don't realize that our whole immune system that's our first offense. So if your gut is harmed in any way, you will not be able to um, fight diseases and have mm. a strong immune system. Also, what I didn't realize was that serotonin, your, your feeling good hormone, yep. is actually made in your stomach lining. Oh. Yes. So there's a little bit made in your brain, but most of it is made in your stomach. So if you have an upset stomach and mm-hmm. a gut that's damaged, and mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically about the lining, you're going to have a low form of depression. You're going to suffer from depression. Um, so gut health is very, very important. And what we do is because we pound our stomachs with these um, high-carbohydrate processed foods, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, it just becomes... Um, sick and you get things like leaky gut syndrome, um, IBS, there's lots of diseases connected to it. Um, and what happens is that your all your minerals and vitamins cannot be absorbed appropriately. So you are not being fed and you know correctly. Um, so this is such a, a big impact on your whole body and your whole system. Um, then your liver, you know that if you have um, eat high fructose fruits like um, Plums and things like that, yeah, um, and constantly, and also corn syrup that's in a lot, a lot of, of processed foods, foods yep. have that. It's all just um, basically stored 
in your liver as fat. So those things cannot be metabolized by your liver. So fatty liver also can be caused by high glucose, high corn um, syrup, mm-hmm. and high fructose diet. Um, so so many things. Obviously, your pancreas, uh, high glucose causes insulin resistance, can cause type 2 diabetes. So all of these things are interlinked and, and interrelated. So there's so many places in your body. Um, I can go on for hours. Inflammation in your joints. In your joints, yeah. All of that. The biggest trigger is gluten and sugar. It's that's what causes inflammation. That's one of the biggest causes of of inflammation. Uh, so when people say they have cut these out, but they're not necessarily losing losing weight, or they're hoping to lose weight immediately, would you turn to them and say, "But are you sleeping better? Are you feeling less aches and pains?" Because I think some people want to want to cut it out and immediately lose weight, but they're forgetting about the other lifestyle or the effects it has in your body for your lifestyle. Absolutely. I think I, I asked Professor Noakes once, what would he have changed after all, you know, what that happened with him? And he yes. said he was sorry that banting was linked just to weight loss. Right. Because that was completely the wrong idea. This is a lifestyle that you choose for the rest of your life, for quality of life, for sure. a painless life, for a life with energy, yep. concentration, and not to have all these complications later in life that people have with heart attacks, dementia, Alzheimer's, all these things. And that's why you do this. Mm. Yes, a lot of people lose a lot of weight. Um, you feel more energized, so you, are, you tend to want to exercise. Um, you know, people that never wanted to exercise do want to exercise. You sleep better. Um, pain and aches, inflammation reduces. So your immune system gets stronger because your guts slowly start to heal. Um, things like that happen. So I think the main focus, yes, you will start to see some weight loss, but not everybody loses the same amount of weight and then they give up. Mm. And that's not the point. Mm. The point is this is for the long haul. This is right. for quality of life yeah. that we're doing this. We're not looking at quick fixes no. here. Uh, Vicky DeBeer is in studio. She has a book out called The Low Carb Kitchen. If you haven't seen it online yet, do yourself a favor and go and check things out there because we'll share maybe we'll share a recipe before 7 p.m. tonight. Let's Eat is on the go as we do every Wednesday evening. And Vicky DeBeer is in studio with us. Uh, she's written a book called The Low Carb Kitchen. Um, and in fact, the story goes much further, much more detailed than that. In fact, Vicky, you were sharing some of that story with us last week Wednesday when you were here with regards to your son, Luca, uh, who you had thought was just ill, taken to the doctor, and then within the space of hours was admitted, am I correct in saying, to ICU? Yes. So he was admitted to ICU, and we were told that he had type 1 diabetes and that he would have to inject insulin the rest of his life and also test, um, you know, diligently his blood sugars. So that changed our life completely. So he, he stayed in ICU for about six days. And he was eight years old at the he time? He was eight years old at the time. It was such a difficult thing, I think, to do for anybody. Um, but as a youngster with your school and your peers and around food and not really, I suppose, kind of understanding what was going on, but to have to inject yourself all the time. Yeah, it was, was such a hard. strong th- and difficult thing for him to do. It was very hard um, and it took him quite a while to do it himself. So yeah. in the beginning, we went into school and, and did that for him. And obviously, the teachers uh, helped us a lot. Um, until we got a system, it was actually just, I was frantic to leave him at school every day. Because I wasn't sure. sure if he was going to test himself or know how to inject correctly. You know, it can go so wrong so quickly. Um, so we had a little system where he would, uh, at break time, he would test and then SMS me the number and what he would eat and how much he would inject. Okay. And then I knew that he, he tasted in the first place, yes. the most important thing, and that, that he didn't inject too much. And then I could quickly call the school and say, listen, 
call Luca, he maybe injected too much or too little um, and, and so on. So it was like remote controlling um, this, this disease. And this yeah. pressure he must have been feeling as a child at school and, this, and then as a parent as well, trying to um, make sure that he was healthy and that he was uh, on his feet and not passing out or whatever the case yeah. might be. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure to be feeling. Uh, from what I understand then, and that's where the book came from, is that by changing his diet, you were able to help him control his glucose levels um, to the extent where he doesn't, is he still on insulin pen? I assume not. Yes, no, you must be on insulin always. Remember, you need insulin for a lot of different um, um, functions in your body. Yeah. Um, so you must get insulin always. But the fact is now he we have reduced his insulin intake. So it's not good for you to just um, uh, inject for everything that you want to eat, huge amounts of insulin. Um, it's actually quite harmful and it's also a fat-storing hormone. So okay. it can also lead to obesity. And in the end, what happens to type 1 diabetics, they become type 2 diabetics because they become insulin resistant. Oh my gosh. The same thing that happens in our bodies happen in their bodies. So that's what you try to prevent. And also all these complications. So the main complications from um, type 1 diabetics is not only the high blood sugars, but also the extreme fluctuations. Okay. Going from low to extremely high. And what the problem was is that we realized that the synthetic insulin takes very long to reach the bloodstream. I see. So even if you inject for the carbohydrate, right. that carbohydrate will be in your bloodstream very, very quickly, far long before the insulin even gets, gets it. So it. you will probably be high quite high for a long time before that insulin starts working but they teach you that you can't t- you know taste right after um, eating obviously not and the reason is because you will have a high right um, and because the insulin hasn't kicked in yet so when Oof. he changed his diet to a low carb protein fat good fats diet um, the protein releases much slower and steadily so by the time the insulin gets there and the protein gets into the blood everything sort of meets up and you get a much more sustainable um, blood sugar levels also we learned that we should inject the insulin 30 minutes before meals to give it a chance Ah. to sort of get into the the system okay you have various books out and the one that we're looking at this afternoon or this evening is the low carb kitchen i know you've got lots of stories in there as well and all the things you mentioned to us a little earlier with regards to um how sugars and and glutens and stuff are are affecting our bodies and how we would notice that we are uh, maybe not a hundred percent um, we were talking off air a little bit about adult acne and and maybe being a little uh, not enjoying such great night's rest. How would we be able to recognize whether there's too much sugar in our diets? What what are the physical ailments that we would be able to spot to go, hang on a second, maybe I should check out what I'm eating. Maybe that could help as opposed to popping pills or taking medication or other things. Yes, I definitely think headaches, um, people suffering from constant headaches, definitely um, connected to high sugar intake. Um, if you have that feeling in the afternoon, um, that dip, I don't know, if you what you call it but it's like four o'clock in the afternoon you cannot carry on and mm, you must just sit down and slump. then a slump that's the word and then you want something like a coke or a chocolate or a whatever biscuits to and get coffee you up. And now th- those types of things definitely that's that's sugar that indicator. just creates that slump and if you cut that you will not have those those four o'clock slumps anymore mm. um adult ac- acne you, you mentioned now um that's something that definitely is tr- uh, triggered by gluten is a big trigger for acne um, and it can improve immensely if you cut the sugar and the gluten. Um, then, the, yeah, pains and aches. I don't know. People wake up in the mornings and they feel achy and you don't know why. And it's actually inflammation in the joints. Um, and cutting sugar reduces that. For me, that was the biggest difference. Mm. I never had that anymore. And I actually have a bit of inflammation now because it was Easter and it was holiday and it was uh. my birthday. and it was. <laughs> so I sort of, uh, you know, and immediately from Monday, I was just now again back to... Back on 
cutting everything because I can I can feel it in yeah. my body. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I was saying a little earlier to the guys as well. We did a bit of a sugar-free thing on the show not too. Oh, it was nearly two years ago. Yeah, it was a while. Wow, okay. <laughs> Well, a little while ago. And I remember not necessarily feeling any different going off the sugar, but as soon as adding any wheat or sugar products back into my diet, immediately I felt heavy, I felt sluggish, I felt tired, I felt I didn't sleep very well at night. So it's interesting, how long would you have to be on a diet of this nature or having changed your eating habits to be able to say I can feel a difference? Well, I can only say what we experienced with Luca, and it took us almost a little bit more than two months before we saw any results. Mm. And I was on the point of just giving up right. and, and thought, this is not working. It's a lot of effort for nothing. And literally the next week, um, suddenly his blood sugars just stabilized, mm. but it was quite high. It was So just to give you some background, if our blood sugars, we operate on about a four or a five, um, um, you know, but he had a blood sugar of 11. Okay. So it is still very high, yeah. but it was still Stable. It stayed there, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that was new to us because okay. in the past, he would go in the morning, he would maybe wake up on a 6, but he could go up to a 10 before short break, um, go down again, maybe a 12 over lunch, Oof. go down again tonight at dinner. You know, So it was, it was very up and down yeah. and fluctuating. Um, and then suddenly it was now stable. So for the first time, that was quite um, amazing um, for us. And then the next week, that graph dropped and okay. suddenly he was on the sixes and the sevens okay. and he operated and it just stayed there you know between meals and that was the biggest thing so two months it took I think just to get rid of all that residue of, of, of gluten mm. of inflammation of sugar buildup, all those things that happen in your body that's how long it took and then from there on I must say there was a significant change to Luca I mean he literally um, look he was never a depressed boy or anything like that but he felt very sort of sick sometimes because of this the feeling mm. low and then high and yeah, tired sure. and he, obviously this brain fog yeah. a lack of concentration yeah. in class headaches things like that and his energy levels um just got so much better and he was just a, a fun happy you know crazy little boy again um and i remember my mother came to visit us that june and she said what's going on with luca you mm. know because you don't recognize your own child changing so you see him every day yes yeah and she could see that there was, there was a difference a in how you know his personality and and how much more happier he was feeling and that that made That's me very huge. sad in the beginning because sure. I hadn't realized how sick he was, he was and then. how much it influenced him, actually. And I think this is part and parcel with a lot of us. We don't necessarily realize that what we're eating is affecting our health to what extent because we're so used to it. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's used to feeling, ugh. We normal. slog so through that's the day, norm, you, like you say, and then you pop a pain pull because you're experiencing headaches or migraines mm. and all these things, um, And, and in, but you can change it and you yeah. can have a life yeah. with energy. Um, here, here. And actually just enjoy it. Yeah, here's to adopting a new normal. Yeah. Vicky, I've got a question for you. And I, d I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but your son was eight years old when he was diagnosed. Um, do, do you think you're saying it took about two months before you saw a difference in his, his sugar levels? Do you think with someone a lot older, it would take a lot longer for them to see those results? Do you know? I know people struggle because a lot of people contact me that buy the book and yeah. then they cut the carbs and then they phone me and they want to give up. Right. <laughs> so, okay. And then I tell them, no, you know, just, just yeah. carry yeah. on. I think for Luca, it was easy in a way because I prepared all his food for, for him. him. What mm. he received in his lunchbox was what yeah. I gave him. And he was quite, I was always so surprised by his diligence. You know, the, when, when he was diagnosed, the, the um, nurses would tell us, oh, you know, you'll get the call from the school and your boy would have drank a whole can of Coke, you know, something like that. Don't. Mm. 
mm-hmm. don't stress about it and so on. And Luca never did that, you know. So he was always very diligent. But um, I think it was easy because he only got the low carb stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, we changed our whole family's way yeah. of eating. And often when you're the mom and you're the one that must prepare the food, and um, it's not easy to, if you don't plan ahead, yeah. you know, it's not going to be easy. So I think you cheat more without even wanting to, and that obviously extends it. Yeah. So if you can go cold turkey and really cut back. You can um, see the results. Then you will see results for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, agree. I would agree, I suppose, to being influenced by your social environment. Um, is yeah, that much sure. more so if you're an adult whereas if you're a child and if your entire family has decided to go the same route makes it a little bit easier I would say yeah. uh, Vicky we'll keep chatting again next week Wednesday looking forward to having you back in studio again hey yo check it out Good Hope FM goodhopefm.co.za now